Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Before we read this verse, here's the way this works. When you're on the path, it's light. It's not confusing. It's light. And it's a very much of a path of increase, and it's a path that progresses. And this is what increases and progresses, the light. So when you're on God's path for your life, as you're on it for a day, a week, a month, right, a year, a decade, it will increase more and more. It will get brighter and brighter. The game is, and this is Satan's whole deal, he will throw thoughts, he'll use circumstances, he'll do anything he can, he'll use people, he will ignite your, just the way you, the environment you grew up in, every bad thing that's ever happened to you, he'll use everything because he needs to do this. He can't force you off the path. He has to woo you off the path. And here's the thing, if you start taking that wrong exit and you start getting off the path, this is what happens. It starts getting darker. So when you're on the path, it's light. When you start to get off the path, it gets darker and then darker and darker. Here's the good news, if you're like me, Man, I, you know, I still remember when I went to my pastor and I'm like, okay, so what do I do? You're talking about finding God's will for my life. What do I do? Because I have no idea, right? And he goes, oh, that's very simple. He goes, just go back to the last place that you knew you were in the will of God. Now, that's probably really easy for most people. But man, I, you know, I was so messed up that I looked at him and I'm like, well, I'm thoroughly convinced that I was in the will of God January 22nd, 1962. Now when, you know, this was, this was many years later that I was having this conversation and, and I know I was in the will of God. I was in Cook County Hospital coming out of my mother's womb in Chicago, Illinois. After that, it just gets really confusing. <laughs> right? But you know what? Here's the thing. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. Amen. That will lead you. No matter how dark, how confusing it may seem, he can move you if you're just willing and you're obedient, he'll get you back on that path. Okay, so let's look at this. We're going to go through several scriptures that tell us about this path. Because it's not good, good and bad. It's, it's real, real good. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. It says, but the path of the just. This Hebrew word for just means righteous. We, we read this under the light of New Testament truth as a New Testament believer who, was been, who has been made the very righteousness of God. We're like, okay, this is talking about my path. This is talking about the path of the righteous. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more. Your path shines more and more. It doesn't shine more and then less and then more and then maybe less for a few years and then more. No, no. As you're on the path, it will shine brighter and brighter. Now we know from Scripture as a New Testament believer that what you're talking about here is light. God is light. The entrance of his word gives light. So as you're on this path, revelation knowledge of who God is will increase. And it will make your life brighter 
and brighter. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a good path. It shines more and more, or in other words, it's increasing unto the perfect day. Now this, this word perfect, it, it means this. It means to set up unto the perfect day. It means to set up, to make firm, to establish. So what happens is I'm telling you, we've all been set up. God has set you up. And he has a plan for you. It is literally to bring firmness and strength and to establish you. The, the, your path, if you'll stay on it, it will, it will set you, it'll make you firm, it will establish you. So in other words, the longer you are on the path, the harder it is for anything to ever get you off the path. In, in, in Isaiah 54, it talks about the righteous. It says, in righteousness you will be established. Now this word established in the Hebrew language means fixed and immovable. Fixed and immovable. So as you're on your path, you literally, and you've heard me say this before, but this is exactly how it works. In every arena of your life, how do you know what to do? You meditate in the word of God. You make a decision. I'm putting the word first. And this is where the majority of believers today have been taught a lie. Because they're just taught, listen, you know, just come to God. You can do your own thing. You could just, it's really cool. You know, come to our church. It's really cool. That's awesome. Church should be really cool. It should be really fun. But it should be really full of the anointed word of God. But see, God, God wants you established. So step number one, you make a decision. Okay, Jesus, you are my Lord. I'm not anymore. I now live a God-centered life, so I'm meditating in his word. What happens is the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, he takes the word of God and he opens it. And he will use my tongue to write it on my heart. And as that light opens up, I gain revelation knowledge of him. And now I could take a step and I could progress. Every step I take is founded on revelation knowledge of who he is. Well, what does that have to do with what college I go to? What does that have to do with who I marry or where I live? Everything will be revealed as you gain knowledge of him. So you have a lot of believers that are just trying to figure it out in their mind. And they're thinking sometimes they're even on the path. And they start wondering, well, you know, why is all this stuff going wrong? Year after year, decade after decade. And then they'll come to a minister and you'll say, well... You know, you just never know what God's going to do because his ways are not your ways. And, and he's, got a, he's got a deeper plan uh, uh, for you. Now, the, the thing you never hear is there's never any scripture. You know, and if you, don't, if you hear something, I don't care how many letters are behind their name, guess what? If it doesn't have scripture, guess what we call that? It's unscriptural. Right? I mean, that's really deep, right? That's about, as, that's about as deep as I like to stay. So, so this, is, this is very important that you hear this. So now you're on your path. It says in righteousness you'll be established, fixed and immovable. It says why? Because you'll be far from oppression. Why will you be far from oppression? Because you will not fear. You want to get the oppression out of your life? Get the fear out of your life. Well, how do I do that? Use the name of Jesus because he didn't give you a spirit of fear. 
right? You know how many people are bound? And listen, we have really progressed as a human race, as mankind now. Because now, you know, we don't have, we, we don't talk about oppression. Now we just have problems that we work on. I'm not talking about working on a problem. I'm talking about getting it out of your life. I'm talking about walking in complete freedom. Right? We got to be careful because what will happen is we get on the internet and we start to see the problem that we have and man, we have a name for it. Or maybe two or three names for it. And then we start walking around going, my this and my that. No, 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 that's not how it works. God has a plan for you. And he already, see, (laughs) he already made you free. When you got born again, no matter how big of a mess you were, he literally made you a new creation in him. Now, the problem is you might not feel like a new creation only because you still have this sin nature in your flesh. That's always trying to pull you. It's coming against your mind, trying to side with your mind to pull you off the path. But the real you is free, right? So then he puts you on the path, and this is what God does. He's a loving father. When you're a baby Christian, when you're brand new, man, he'll carry you through some stuff, right? You just follow him. You might have 900 areas of your life that are a mess. Don't worry about that. Just whatever area he wants to work on, give it to him. You don't have to know how to get free. Just give it to him, right? How do I get free from this area? Well, he'll look at you and go, well, you already are free, but now we have to pull this, we have to pull this detrimental thought process out of your mind, and oh, the only thing that can do that is right here. Implanting the word of God in your heart literally pulls pulls all that out of your mind that's why when you get free you look back and go okay i actually did that because i can remember but man it doesn't even seem like it was me you know why it doesn't seem like it was you because it wasn't you you were just operating in your flesh So then it goes on to say, you'll be established. You'll be far from oppression because you will not fear. You'll be far from terror because it won't come near you. It goes down and it says, listen, on on righteousness, no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper. And in righteousness, every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you can condemn it. And I got to tell you, the number one tongue that's going to condemn you is you. And, And the problem with that is you listen to you more than you listen to anybody else. So God will help you talk right. That's why, you know, I I love when we sing songs like nothing compares to you. We're declaring who God is. Nothing's better than him. Nothing compares to him. Man, he's good all the time. He's with us in the fire, right? Nothing can separate us from his love. He never gets down on us when we mess up. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So in other words, our path is one of light. And God is light. And always remember this. This is real deep. In light, you see things. Right? Because you can't can't make an adjustment if you don't see it. Right? This is why a spiritual mature believer is not flawless. The word is called, it literally means adjust and repair. Why? Because a mature believer, the word of God says, speaks the truth of God in the love of God. So his speech is right, and when he starts, he starts getting off a little bit, his spirit, full of the word, will pull him right back. So you're, adjust, you're constantly adjusting a repair. You say something, and man, the minute you say something that's contrary, you go, ooh. God's not, he, the Holy Spirit's not convicting you. Your own spirit is convicting you. You're like, ooh, 
yeah, no, no, I don't believe that. Or, you know, you go and, hey, I apologize, I did that or said that. But, but see, if you're off the path and you're walking in darkness, you won't even know what's going on. Our lives are different today. I said this Saturday. But our lives are different as Christians because of the light that we have walked in. Right? Think about it. Man, I'll never forget sitting at Ramah and hearing a series from Doug Jones on righteousness. And I started getting light on the subject of righteousness and my life was forever changed. Right? I remember sitting in a class of Tony Cook's and he started teaching on the subject of grace and all of a sudden the light of that and see I continued on in this to where I was teaching a 40 or 50 hour class on righteousness and grace and I was walking in the light and it changes your life our lives are different because of the light if there's anything good that's different in your life it's because of the light that you've walked in from God's word. See, we're teaching on Sundays about the authority of the believer. Well, the goal is for you to get light so that you walk in the light of this so that you start going, wait a minute. You start using that authority. Well, what do you use that authority at over more than anything else? You're going to see this in the word of God. You use it to keep your flesh under. You use it to to take captive every thought that's contrary to what God says. But when I walked walked under this light of the authority of the believer, now I realize, wait a minute, this is not about God getting things out of my life. He told me to speak to the mountain. He didn't tell me to go speak to eight of my friends about the mountain. He didn't even tell me to go speak to God about the mountain. No, no, he told me to speak to the mountain in Jesus' name. What about being led by the Spirit of God? When I started gaining teaching on that and started walking under the light of it, and man, that light just keeps growing and growing, and pretty soon I realize that the greater one is in me, and he is bearing witness with my spirit all the time that I'm a child of God and all that that means. And he's leading me and guiding me through this life. If there's one thing we know about the world system, it is designed to steal, kill, and destroy. And and the world system will use fear and intimidation and manipulation and will flat out lie about everything. To create this Satan see you got to realize he doesn't play by the rules he, he operates as an outlaw in this earth and we have to we are the body of Christ we are the army of God that keeps him at bay we're occupying right I'm not battling Satan because he already lost the battle. The battle's over. He knows it, and I know it, we're, and we're growing more into knowing this, right? I wrestle. I wrestle against these principalities and powers. How do I do that? They're trying to take me out here. So I walk under the light of being led by the Holy Spirit. It changes my life. I walk under the light of the fact that Jesus provided healing for me. And it it makes my life different. I walk under the light that he is my source of supply. He's my provider. And I walk under the light of prosperity. And it changes my life. I go from a self-centered hoarder to just a free giver. I I don't look at what I have before I give. I look at what he wants me to do and just so. Because he's my source right? Everything I own is his. So that's why the Bible says, because see, in this, on my path, it gets brighter. So the economy goes like this. You know, like in church, it's hilarious. Well, you know, summer's coming. So, so we have downtime in the summer. Do you know we don't have downtime in the summer? 
to be honest with you, we're going to have increase in the summer. If we're on the path, right? Because see, if you go down that road, well, you know, people, because people, they go on vacations, they're just not, you know, they're out doing stuff in the summer, they don't go to church. Oh, but then in the fall, you know, now it's so nice in the fall. And then you've got Husker football. And oh my gosh, now we got the holidays. No, we don't live in that, do we? Because why? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. You have been placed on a path that increases. So you have to stand and walk in that increase, right? Ephesians 5.17 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise. In other words, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. God wants you to understand. He wants you to see clearly. There is no, he's the father of lights. There's no variableness in him. There's no shadow of turning. Your path should get brighter and brighter and brighter. So step number one is you just should thank God every day. Right? Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter how your life looks. Man, be careful about the shame of your sin. It'll drag you back into it. You need to see yourself as God sees you because he sees you as you really are. Maybe other people or you yourself might see yourself as you seem. And you identify yourself by how much money you make or what you do for a career. Got to be careful about that. Because those things in the world system can change. Right? When I was in the corporate world, I saw people that literally went from nothing to multimillionaires to nothing. And that'll mess with you. Unless you're a Christian, then you, you mess with it. Because the enemy comes in and he's trying to take you down to nothing. And you're like, no, no, no. No, you can't do that. Yeah, but you know, the economy doesn't matter. But you know, gas is like $9 a gallon. Doesn't matter. Because I'm not my provider. How do I know that? Because I'm walking under the light of it. Yeah, but you know, one out of three people die of cancer. Not me. Right? So that, that's, why is that? Well, God said that he provided healing. It's not that I'm anything special. And what I mean by that is I'm not anything special. I'm not better than anybody else. But all of us are very special extremely special the world is in darkness and they are blind we're going to go through many scriptures that talk about this the enemy is subtle and he'll confuse he'll distract for the purpose of deterring you he wants to get you off the path right just realize this when you get off the path there is only darkness. You know, when, before we started the church, it, it shocked me one day when the Lord was talking to me. And, and he was talking to me about a major stronghold in our area is because of the lack of honor of God, which is expressed in the lack of honor for his pastors and ministry gifts. And it's like, listen... It's not about you honoring Tony Finley. No, it is about you honoring the office because the office is him. This thing has nothing to do with me. I would have never picked me. If you, if you had to, okay, let's look at the qualifications, right? Yeah, wow. But it doesn't matter because he places. So, and, and the Lord started talking to me about in this area, Everybody is, you know, we can't keep anybody in one place long enough to really get some things into them. And I started thinking, well, cool. It'll always, it'll be different. And I was talking to a good friend of mine, Tony Cook, one day. He goes, so have you figured out how to, how to close that revolving door in the church? And I said, yeah. I go, we have a bigger door coming in. 
Because we can't, we can't change the revolving door, right? It's, all, it's quiet in here. Is, are you guys okay? You've got to stay on the path. Because, see, we're charismatic Christians. You know, our, our Episcopal brothers down the street, our, our Baptist brothers, man, a lot of those people, they'll be punched in the face by Satan and they'll still come to church. But not charismatics. I'm full of the Spirit. Now, I grew up Baptist, so I could say this. So, you know, I'm charismatic. And you know what that means? That means the greater one's on the inside of me. But you know what that means when somebody says that? Pastor, I am one God told me away from doing anything my flesh wants to do. And you're going to deal with this as a minister. You're going to have people, friends of yours, and you see some things start changing in their walk, and pretty soon, you just see it. Satan is always trying to divide people. He wants to divide you from every friend that pours into you. He wants to divide you from every environment where you can grow to know the Lord. And some people, they will get out. God told me. God told me. And, and I mean, literally, I'm sitting there going, you know, God told me that we're supposed to leave. And I, I'm looking at him going, man, you are not in the right place to hear anything. You know, and I'm sitting there and, and, and you know, God, we, we even argued with the Lord. I, I hear this, you know, we even argued with him. We don't want to go. And then they leave. And their life is a complete disaster. Why is it? Because Faith Family Church is so good? Well, it is good, but it's because they got off the path. Listen, if you ever want to leave Faith Family Church or wherever you are, if you're watching online, if you want to leave your church, go put in for a transfer. Go to the head of the church. Jesus, can I have a transfer? Right? But here's a big thing about staying on the path. To be led by the Spirit of God, you've got to be open. What does that mean? You got to be open. You can't have your own agenda and be led by the Spirit of God. I've written volumes on that one, right? You, you got to be willing. You got to be open enough that when he says, no, I don't want you to go do that, that you don't go do that. Because this is what we do as charismatics. We don't get on our face before the Lord. We walk around, we think. And, and we're not happy because we've got 18 things in our life that we're just not happy about. So then we go, ooh, I need to feel better. So I've got to go, I've got to move someplace else. I've got to go someplace else. I've got I to have something new. The problem, wherever you go, you're there. That's the problem. But what we do is we don't really pray we don't, get, we don't spend time before we make these decisions and get before the face of God open and going, listen, my desire in my life, you are my Lord. My desire is to do your will. My flesh is struggling right now, but I need to find out what, and I'm not moving until you lead me. No, no, we pray a little token prayer. You know, we, we, we do this. We're, we're, we're spirit-filled, so we're like, Shonda, give me the keys to my Honda. Okay, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. Right? Can I say this in church? And then what happens is you get out, and you've, and you've got off, and you're off the path, but now pride. Obadiah verse 3 says, the pride of your heart has deceived you and now you're getting out here and you're like oh man you know i remember when i talked to pastor i told him that god told me that i was supposed to do this so now i can't go back because man i'll look bad no no go back you won't look bad what's bad is staying out staying off the path because it doesn't get better the path of the enemy is progressive too it gets darker and darker unto the full darkness, right? Hallelujah. If you'll simply follow Jesus, 
your life will get better every day, every week, every month, every year. For some of us who are a little bit more mature, every decade. And it'll get so good that you'll just be walking with him through life. And then all of a sudden, you'll just look and go, oh, wow, I'm not on the earth anymore. I'm with him. I finished my course. That's the way your life is supposed to be. So you got to stay on the path. Look at, what Je- well, look at what Jesus said. John chapter 8, verse 12. You guys doing okay? Sometimes I get off and I'm really not meddling. I'm saying these things because I love you. And they're coming right out of my spirit. You are welcome. <laughs> it, it helps us, guys. Where we're living in history right now, we need to be in the right place. And when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you'll always be in the right place. At the right time. With the right heart. Doing the right thing. So Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying... Now this is one of the great I am statements in the Bible. Every t- everywhere you see I am, oh my goodness, I am the bread of life. You get all those and, and you start reading those and it'll just, it'll just turn you on from the inside out. But look at what Jesus says. He says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Look at that. So the key is following Jesus. And you got, see, the problem is our flesh, the pride of our heart. Now that word heart can be translated center or mind. It even talks about feelings. Your emotions, your feelings, your intellect, it will deceive you. And when you're deceived, you get blind spots. Sometimes you're getting off and you're thinking, wow, look at this. This is, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off. Man, this is PCH, Pacific Coast Highway. I'm going to drive right down the beach. It's going to be awesome. But what you don't realize is if it's not your path, it's darkness. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is not a source of light. Jesus is the only source of light. Psalm 119, verse 105. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. To my path. His word doesn't light somebody else's path. I don't, I don't tell Teresa what, how, how she's to live. Right, Because the word will light my path. It will tell me how to live. This is huge. Jesus has been here and he has overcome everything. He came to this earth. He took upon the form of a man. He laid down his godly attributes. In, in the wilderness, he was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in all points just like we were. In other words, he was tempted the exact same way, but he, every temptation that has ever come on any human being, all of them he faced without sin, and he finished. That's why he's light, right? He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us his word. He gives us his fivefold ministry gifts. Why? To equip us, right? To help us stay on the path. So if he's given us all this, why would we want to go our own way? Right? And that's, that's what I hope as we talk about this. If we don't lay this foundation, see, this is where a lot of people are. If they even know what the authority of the believer is, they're not submitted to God. They're just resisting, trying to resist the devil. And he'll laugh in your face. Because step number one of standing against him is you're submitted to God. What does that mean? I have ceased from doing it my way, and now it's not my way. What do you want me to do? 
Because when you are on your path, you are immovable. And the longer you stay there, the more immovable you are. And this is why, because of our flesh, this is why we need each other. This is why, you know, you're, you're starting to entertain wrong thoughts and then you get a text from one of your friends telling you how strong you are and how you hear from God. And it just blesses you. This is so very, very important. Your joy, your peace, your understanding, all of these things should be increasing every day of your life. You should be walking in a greater measure of joy this afternoon than you're walking in this morning. You should be walking in a greater measure of understanding than you are today. It's all increasing the peace of God, the strength of God, how to operate in the love of God. You should increase in knowing how to yield to the love of God. You should be increasing in learning how to walk by the faith of God, right? You're always increasing in knowing how to be led by the Spirit. Why? Because you're in the right environment. You're on the right path. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 28. Powerful verse. It says here, in the way of righteousness is life. That Hebrew word way literally means path. In the path of righteousness is life. And the pathway, this Hebrew word means the course of life or the journey thereof, there is no death. Wow. So on the path, there's only life. And as you walk on the path, you will not find death. Death can't live on the path. Well, you got to meditate on that to gain revelation knowledge of it. That's why everything about your life is to increase. Right? It's to increase. Our path, in other words, is one of life. Look at Psalm chapter 16. I want you to set your eyes on these scriptures. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Hallelujah. You guys doing good? I hope this encourages you. God has provided everything for you. You are right in the right place at the right time. You're hearing this message. You can change everything in your life. Because anything that the enemy has done in your life is a paper kingdom. There is no power behind it. It says, thou wilt show me the path of life. Who's going to show it to me? My father is. His spirit will lead me and guide me in that path. See, he has to show it to me because I have New Testament scripture that I can't figure it out on my own. He will show me the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy. I wonder if if this in his presence thing is talking about his presence is on the path. This Hebrew word presence is real interesting because it's not just presence. You know, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. It's funny, you'll see two people sitting in church. One person is just like, you can tell, man, they are right in the presence of God in worship. The person right next to them is clueless. But this word presence is talking about his manifesting presence. His presence manifests on the path. And it brings fullness of joy. At his right hand, wow, there are pleasures forevermore all that's in the world we call them pleasures but all they are is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life so in other words i can go to the ocean and to the beach and i can experience the very presence of god there another person can go to the same ocean to the same beach and ruin their life 
because they get in all kinds of crazy stuff. What's the difference? I'm on my path. So it's not the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We won't get there this week. Wait till you see some scriptures next week about the pride of life. It's amazing. Psalm 65, verse 11. I want you to look at that one. Psalm 65, 11. It says, you crown the year with thy goodness. Now this word crown in the Hebrew language means, it means not only do you crown, but it also means you surround and it, it, it means you're crowning and surrounding for the purpose of abundantly blessing. In other words, you, you surround, you crown, you abundantly, abundantly bless the year with thy goodness. What? So what year? Right now, for us, it's 2021. Father, I thank you. He said he would do this. So now I'm going to walk around. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. Father, I thank you that, man, you are just, you are just blessing my year with your goodness. Doesn't it say in Psalm 23 that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life? Why? Because I'm on the path. Right? See, the key in that whole 23rd Psalm is the Lord is my shepherd. That's where so many believers have gone awry. Jesus is their savior, but he's not their shepherd. I know you want me to do this, but I'm not doing that. I know you don't want me to do this, but I'm doing that because I'm my own shepherd. Surely goodness is not going to follow you there. Your head won't be anointed. Your cup won't run over. When you walk through the valley of death, you'll fear evil because you won't even know he's with you, even though he is there. But the good news is, if you're right in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death and you don't sense his presence, you haven't invited him in, and here comes the thief, all you got to do is go, Jesus. And you got to do something that's real big. It's called, it, it's, it's something that we never talk about in church. And so we have zero understanding of it. It's the word repentance. Now we know all about remorse. We come down to the altar and we're crying. Oh Lord, I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry I did this. And then we get up. And four hours later, we're doing the same thing. Because there's no power in remorse. But repentance means I've made a decision to change my will, my mind, and my purpose. The greatest thing that you'll repent from is living your own life. And, and see, well, no, no, I repented I repented, but then I did it again. No, then you didn't repent. Because repentance means you change direction. Well, I wasn't going to get off on this. What I've just told you could change your whole life. Because this is where I found myself. I finally had to come to God and go, okay. I really want to repent. And I keep thinking I'm repenting, but I'm not because I'm still doing it. And, 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 and Father, I don't know what to do. Am I speaking anybody's language? I know I am. I don't know if they're here or online. But I just, I need, I need to repent because see, in this Greek word metanoia, repentance, there is power that's released so that you can go a different way. You don't have to change in your own power. As a matter of fact, you can't change in your own power, and Satan knows this. So, Father, I had to come to the end of myself. 
okay, I don't know what is going on in my unrenewed mind. I don't know what thought processes. I don't know if I've been lying to myself for so long that I I say I'm repenting, but I don't even believe any of those words. I don't even know. So I'm just, I'm at the end of myself. You've got to help me repent. I invite you today to walk me through it. I don't care what other people think. See, you have to become deadened to the praise and the persecution of men. Don't worry about it. Well, what will other people think? They're really, they're up to here with themselves. They're not really thinking about you. Go talk to people when they leave a restaurant today. When they walk out, say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? You know, and if they got a mask on or whatever, say, hey, just stand six feet apart. Don't freak them out, right? But, but just go, hey, who did you talk about when you were eating lunch today? Because they were talking about somebody. You ever listen to what people say at restaurants? Everybody's always talking about other people, right? Scornful. Teaching people about people. Why? Why? Because it's the nature of our flesh. In order for my flesh to maybe make me think I'm a little bit better than somebody else, when I hear that they're going through something, it's like, oh, that's sad. And then I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'm a little better than I... That, that's just sickness, but ask them, well, who, who are you talking about? Most of them, will, they'll look at you and go, you know, I, I don't remember. Don't worry about what people think of you. Right? When you're free, you don't care. Because you're free. This is what you care about when you're free. Who can I help get free? Because being in bondage stinks. I was in bondage for years, didn't even know it. But then when I found out, I'm like, wow, I do not want this worthlessness thing in my life. How in the world do I get out of it? I'm so glad he led me over time, very gently. God is so gracious. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drop fatness. This word drop means to drip. It gives the picture of an overflow. Your paths are overflowing. The goodness of God. This is one of the greatest prosperity scriptures. Does God want you blessed? Oh my gosh. The path that you're on is literally dripping with overflow of his goodness. Your paths drop fatness. This word fatness means abundance. It literally gives you a picture of the abundant blessing of God. Literally, as you're on the path, your life will be abundantly blessed. That's why your cup always runs over. It needs to. See, literally, if you can see your life when you're on the path, you are literally dripping with blessing. Well, could you imagine if I'm standing before you right now and I'm just dripping with syrup? Somebody poured like 50 gallons of syrup on me. Guess what? If I even got close to Chris, guess what she's going to get on her? Syrup. it's It's just sticky everywhere. That's the way your life is. Do you know there's Christians that are trying to figure out how to make their electric bill that are dripping with the goodness of God, or their path is dripping, all they got to do is get back on the path. That's all they got to do. And see, as you're, you're in darkness here, but the minute you turn and you start going towards the path, remember, his word lights you. So guess what? He'll start drawing you. Psalm 115, verse 14. I love this. Psalm 115, verse 14. The Lord shall increase you. Who's the one increasing? The Lord is. Not you. See, now are you increasing? Oh yeah, but see, you're created to do everything with him. 
So now it's you and him, and it's increasing. But look at this, more and more. Don't you love that statement? We saw that in Proverbs 4.18, more and more. Look at this, both for you and your children. So that's what you speak over your children. Increase. Tell your kids as parents, man, you guys are blessed to be my kids because you're going to increase just because of who we are. Right? You might get a weird look. Doesn't matter. They'll still enjoy the increase. They will still enjoy the increase. This is talking about the path of the righteous. We're to increase from faith to faith. We're to increase from grace to grace. We're to go, as the Bible says, from glory to glory to glory. Right? That's our lives. So now let's look at another picture of our, of our path. Let's go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, 1, it talks about something. It says, blessed is the man that does not walk, stand, or sit in certain areas. That doesn't walk in the advice or plan. It says counsel. That word means the advice and plan of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that does not stand now they're not walking anymore. Now they're standing. Does not stand in the, in the what? In the course of life or the conversation in the way of sinners. Now the person is not walking or standing. Now they're sitting nor sits in the seat of the scornful. This is somebody who tells other or teaches others about others. You want to be blessed? You want to be on your path? You can't be on the path and be around these, this. You're not on the path. It'll only bring darkness. It says, but this man, how do you get on your path? But his delight is in the word of God, the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And now look at what it looks like to be on the path. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. In other words, abundant provision from within. Or you could say it this way, abundant provision from within and from above, not from the world. That brings forth his fruit in his season. So in other words, when you're on your path, you're, see, this is what you gotta know. You staying on the path will affect other people. Other people's lives will be changed eternally because you stayed on your path. You'll yield all of your fruit in your season. Your leaf on the path will not wither. Oh, you'll age, but you could age without your leaf withering. That's awesome. In other words... As you walk on the path, your life stays fresh and gets fresher and fresher and fresher. I'll never forget. There was, I was working in a factory. I was working a graveyard shift right out of, just shortly after high school. About, I was about 19 years old. And a guy in a gym that I was training got me a job in this factory. So I was a machine operator. And I, I'll never forget it. I was walking, I was walking into the bathroom. And this guy walks out and he walked by me and there was such a supply. I turned around and I said, I go, excuse me. And he's like, yeah. I go, you're a Christian, aren't you? He goes, I sure am. And we became great friends. And so this friend, he, he, he uh, lived in LA. He was, he was working in a factory at night. He was an actor. Uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, I'll date, some, I'll date myself now, Those, the TV show Hill Street Blues, right? White Shadow, he was in all these things, right? Really good-looking guy. He was on the cover of GQ magazine, you know, just a really good, trying to, trying to break into the movie scene, but he was having so much trouble because he was an African-American young man and all they would give him was gang member roles. He's like, are you kidding me? Right. But anyway, he grew up in South Central L.A. And so, man, I was living in California. I'm like, please, can you take me somewhere where we could play basketball? You know, so we went to South Central L.A. And man, we would have just so much fun there. 
you know, and I got to, I got to meet a bunch of guys. It was just awesome. We'd go play basketball. You know, his best friend was Lorenzo Romar. He was playing for the Golden State Warriors at the time. And uh, I'll never forget when we were playing three on three, because I still thought I was good enough to be an NBA basketball player. And I'll never forget, we were playing three on three after, after one of the pro league games in LA. And uh, so it was a couple guys, and then there was a guy named Michael Cooper, who was just the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. And then Lorenzo was on our team, and he just scored 40 points on Michael Cooper. You know, I mean, just, you're just, these guys are just off the charts. So here's Michael Cooper. He's like 6'6", but his arms were just little. You know, and I'm, I'm working out all the time, so I'm thinking, okay, I could... I, I realized that day that I was, if, if an NBA player, you know, was here, I'm like about six feet underground. I mean, this guy was moving me all over the place, going around me, slam dunking, doing all this stuff. I'm just like, oh my gosh, Right? A whole new level. All of these things happening in my life. I was on my path. So I met this young man in a factory on a graveyard shift that, it, that it introduced me to a man that in all the years when I would go witnessing, street witnessing, I would always remember, don't push. I mean, and all these things... And as I would go through life, now, I would still, sometimes I'd kind of get off the path, but then the Lord, I'd get right back on. But man, I'm telling you, and then he, on the path, he would start pulling stuff out of me. Pretty soon one day, the worthlessness thing got taken care of. And I was like, wow, it increases more and more. It's always increasing. But then sometimes a major thing gets fixed, and all of a sudden you just go, Whoa. Everything in your life is not a divine experiment. You've got to know that. Sometimes you might think you're going backwards, but always remember the Holy Spirit is the guide. And don't be afraid. If in the natural it looks like you're moving backwards, you will always know here. Because, man, there's been times when I thought I was going backwards and I was really increasing. Really increasing. It was almost like, it's like you're in a catapult. So you're like, am I thinking I'm going backwards? And then all of a sudden, bam! And then you're over here, and the anointing just tripled in your life. And you're like, wow! And this is what it all looks like in increase. You get to know more and more about who Jesus is, which means it defines who you are in him, and you walk in more and more of the freedom wherewith God has already made you free. It's how it works. Your leaf will not wither. And then I love this about the path. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. It, and and this, this Hebrew word means it's really good. It means it will be brought to maturity. I'm so glad that what God has called Jeanette and I to do at Faith Family Church will be brought to maturity. Everything in your life is to be brought to maturity. So now let's go over to the 23rd Psalm. Let's look at that because this is giving us another picture of the path. I hope when you leave here today, you are like, wow, I got I to gotta get on the path or I got to stay on the path. See, why am I teaching this? Because for some people, they need to get on the path. They need to get back on the path. So we're going to teach you how to do that. For other people, they just need to be encouraged and built up so that they stay on the path. Then we're going to teach a whole segment about how to never be in a position where the enemy can get you off the path. Okay, we got to talk about that. So it says in Psalm 23, which is a picture of our life on the earth, the Lord is my shepherd. That is step number one. He is my great shepherd. He is my Lord. Amen. I only follow him. Right? I love that word shepherd in the Hebrew language. It literally means pastor. He's my great pastor. He's your great pastor. I love it. I'm, I'm this under shepherd. I get to... I get to 
allow him to move through me to equip his sheep. Pastors get themselves in trouble. You guys need to realize Faith Family Church is not my church. It's his church. It's his vision. You're his people. You're not my people. I'm your brother. I'm your brother, Tony, right, who pastors you. It's really cool. And we walk in relationship. Yeah. So if you, if you want this big idolized, really cool, I'm the man of God, it's not going to be here. Right? Because I don't want anything based on me here. That's my goal. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I don't lack, I don't fail, I don't diminish, and I don't decrease. And I never will. That's part of that Hebrew word. He's the one that makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep lay down when they're fully satisfied. The path that God has for you is one that will satisfy you. The world will not. But when you're on your path, you can, you can really enjoy things in this world, but they'll never have you. It'll never be wrong. It says here, he leads me beside still waters. In other words, he will lead me. My path will lead me to places of peace and places of rest. Not turmoil, not anxiety, not fear, right? See, many people have gotten off the path and they're now driving to the drive-in theater and it's called CNN, and it's called the internet. And it's called Fox. And, and, and we're just listening to all this stuff to the point to where we're afraid that a meteor is going to fall on our head if we walk outside. But no, no, get away from that stuff. Look to this. Because it'll, it'll produce peace and rest in your life. It says here, he restores my soul. This, this means the soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. This word restores means he refreshes the vigor and energy of my soul. Isn't that awesome? The vigor, that's the youthfulness. I might have a physical body that's 59 years old, but my soul is being renovated every day. And it's refreshed it's full of youthful freshness and energy. It says here, he leads me, look at this, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. That is what we're talking about. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why does he do it? For his namesake. Yea, no, so, so let, let's get this clear, for his namesake. What does that mean? Because he wants to show the world how good he is when they look at you on the path so that they will get on the path. God wants everybody saved and he wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth. I hope you're sitting here today or watching online and if you're sitting here going, man, my life has been a mess for 10 years. The good news is just get on the path. You can make that decision today. Lord, I want to get on the path. Help me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, that's what we're doing, aren't we? That is the earth. I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. And his rod, see a shepherd would use a rod as a weapon to ward off praying animals. His rod and his staff, the staff he would use to pull fallen sheep that were stuck would get them free. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I wonder, learning about the rod and the staff, I wonder if that's talking about what the word of God will do. Hmm, I think so, huh? It says here, you prepare you have went ahead of me and prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. 
This is a picture of more than enough abundance, which is a byproduct of the anointing being upon you. You're anointed to be a mother. You're anointed to be a grandmother. You're anointed to do what you do for work. You're anointed to be the friend to those people. You're anointed to operate in this church family so that the vision goes forward. You're anointed wherever you go. You're anointed. And because of that, your cup runs over, which means it will run over on the people that you come in contact with. So you might be anointed this afternoon to go to High V. You might be anointed to go to the restaurant you go to to eat lunch. Because you're to go there and because of the anointing, it will affect other people. Everything about your life is to affect other people. It gets off on them. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell. I'll settle down and remain in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to talk more about this. We've just, I'm just, we've got some other scriptures I want to go through about this path. And then we're going to really start talking about, okay, how do I get on this path? Now, now for those of you, you're like, well, wait, pastor. So that means I have to go another week without knowing how to get on the path. Okay. Here's, here is the short version. The doer of the word Doing the word of God is how you get on the path. Doing the word of God is how you stay on the path. So how do you be a doer of the word? What do you do? You literally make a decision to put it first place in your life. You give it your undivided attention. You keep it ever before your eyes and you never let it depart out of your mouth. You're always talking about it. What that will do is that will keep the word of God in the midst of your heart. And when you do that, you will find the word of God and it'll be life to you and medicine to you and the Holy Spirit. See, what'll happen is the light will go off on the inside of you and it will literally show you right where you are. Because here's the thing. There might be people sitting here. There might be people watching online and you feel like you're miles off the path. But I'm telling you, when you make a decision under the context of God, I need your help. That light will come out of your spirit and it'll show you where you are and you'll go, oh my goodness, there's the on-ramp. It's right there. I feel so lost, but it's right there. And then the word will just light your path and you'll start walking up that on-ramp and it'll start getting brighter. And while you're simply just going, wow, God, you love me so much. I'm so grateful. While you're living your life like this, he's in your future. He's working out stuff you messed up in your past and it will start restoring. And as you're walking on this path, all of a sudden you'll go, oh my gosh, this thing that ate my lunch for 20 years just is fixed because he fixed it. 